Hi, this is Mike Madura and you're listening to the ZFM Sports Podcast. Z. Lionel Messi has conquered his final peak. Lionel Messi has shaken hands with paradise. Time for the biggest sports stories. Max Verstappen has taken the checkered flag to win the Japanese Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, two-time world champion. The biggest interviews. These are happy tears, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And I wouldn't be Serena if it wasn't Venus. So thank you, Venus. And all the analysis right here. There's no question that LeBron James at the worst is a top three player in the history of basketball since the game was invented. I don't want to hear that. It's just blasphemous. Let me finish. Let you finish. I'll let you talk. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's CFM Sport. Let's join the team for the biggest show in the world of sport on CFM Stereo. My station, your station. Throwback greetings to you all from ZFM Sport. It's a Thursday. Throwback Thursday, we call it here on ZFM Stereo. And indeed, ZFM Sport is no different. That's when our music selections will be throwing back. But uh, the sporting stories stay contemporary. The team is here. Mike Madura, Chris Meadzi, our producer, Sean Tafirinika. And my name is Barry Manandi. After a 2022 domestic recap of all the major sporting codes, we shift our focus to international sport, where 2022 served up memorable big moments in sports such as rugby, cricket, tennis, golf, the NFL and of course the NBA and we'll look at them all on the show today. In Around the World in 60 we have updates from Australia, South Africa, Spain and the United States. A plenty of football as usual in the beautiful game and there was nothing to separate the DRC and Court d'Ivoire last night after both sides played out to a highly tactical goalless stalemate to share the spoils in their second Group B match of the Chan Championships. In England, Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag has reminded Arsenal that his side were able to beat them without Casemiro after the talismanic midfielder was suspended for Sunday's crunch trip to the Emirates following Manchester United's draw with Crystal Palace last night. And in Italy, Inter head coach Simone Inzaghi feels that right now the team's priority is just to enjoy the well-earned celebrations after winning the Supercoppa Italiana last night. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Rowenka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to CFM Stereo, Sport, and a whole lot more. C. Our WhatsApp platform, Mike says that the electric slide, he's never witnessed the electric slide done to candy. If you That's have a wedding, no, we I said, said it a wedding. I didn't, now, now you're distorting. No, my friend, you guys made I it seem like I was, I was, I was embellishing. We have seen the slide. And but, but I'm never sure. to this song. Not to this song. Not to this particular song. Ah, uh, and not so, at a wedding. So let us know. Zero seven zero seven three one one six eight zero four five. Am I lying or am I telling the, the truth? The only time oh, this happened this... was on a movie called The Best Man. That was it. That's the only time. You've been watching too many. Movies, I, I didn't right? even watch it. Zero seven three one one six eight zero four five. And if you want to, we can talk a little bit of a sport. We're taking a look. Taking a look. We're taking a look. 
Africa 2022, the year that was international sports news, uh, straight after a local sports news roundup with Chris. The Home Front. Local sports news and analysis. Start off with some cricket news. Zimbabwe women's under-19 cricket team has suffered yet another devastating loss at the ICC Women's Under-19 T20 Cricket World Cup as they went down by 10 wickets to Pakistan in Group B. Zimbabwe was restricted to 97 for six in their innings before Pakistan cruised to 100 without loss in 10.5 overs to win the match. Mike, I'm a little concerned about the mentalities that these girls are going to have when they come back. Am I right to be concerned? Uh, yeah, you obviously they're going to feel like uh, they were out of the depth. But mm. the truth is, the reality is, they are out of their depth. They can't compete against the better nations. We saw that mauling at the hands of England. Mm. Uh, they lost to Rwanda. Come on, Rwanda. Yeah. Uh, and now we've lost to Pakistan. No surprises there. Uh, but uh, it just shows Zimbabwe cricket that they've got a lot of work to do. Head over to some golf news. Zimbabwe's Robson Chinoy made a strong comeback in the final round of the 2022-2023 Safari Tour fourth leg at the Par 72 Sagona Golf Club with an encouraging three under par. 69 to clinch the top cash prize with a total of five under par 283. And we'll finish off with Netball News. Premier Netball League's program for this year is scheduled to get underway this month with a pre-season tournament in Harare. All the league's clubs are expected to take part. International Sports News Roundup where the world comes out to play. our 2022 recap of international sport and it's excluding football because later on in the second half of the show we take a look at the beautiful game we're talking about everything but football and a logical place for us to start is being a rugby world cup year 2023 is let's take a look at what 2022 served up in the world of rugby now all blacks 2022 season will be remembered as a turbulent time for the men in black after a rocky start that almost culminated in the sacking of head coach ian foster they however went on to retain the Bledisloe Cup, capture the Rugby Championship crown and finish the year with wins over Wales and Scotland before a draw against England. Uh, And uh, starting with the uh, All Blacks, Mike, they had a phenomenal, uh, a spectacular, (laughs) almost uh, uh, spectacularly bad start uh, to uh, the year, uh, looking like they were all out of sorts. It didn't look like Foster was going to hold on to the job. It didn't look like he was the right man for the job. There was a bit of reinforcing. They circled the wagons and when they came out, they came out stronger. Yeah, they came out stronger. I still don't believe that he's the best coach that uh, New Zealand can put out there. I mm-hmm. think uh, there are a number of guys uh, that uh, would do a better job. Scott Robertson, who we I know agree. of course oh, is yeah. the uh, coach at the Canterbury Crusaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably next in line, yeah. but uh, you do get the feeling that uh, the organisation showed loyalty, especially Especially uh, after Fozzie was able to come through uh, through that dark patch yeah. with some wins. I think the bounce back win versus the Springboks after losing uh, at the Bombela. Bombela and then yeah. Seven days later, playing some phenomenal rugby to outclass the Springboks at um, uh, Ellis Park, Ellis Park uh, yeah. in Johannesburg. I think that set the tone. Mm. Uh, it 
also uh, it was also a game that we saw Sam Kane as well, who was under pressure as captain, have an Show absolutely yeah. barnstormer. He showed up in that game, and it was always going to be difficult because you can't fire a coach if the team is playing well. Yes. And from that moment on, they played very well. Yes, they lost to Argentina, but they bounced back almost immediately, spectacularly versus the same Argentina yes. to put 50 points uh, past them in seven days later. Mm. So they are a team that has suffered setback, but they've also shown that they can bounce back and spectacularly so. And, and bouncing back was, was chiefly as a result of uh, some, some individuals that put their hand up, Chris, mm-hmm. uh, but also as a result of them have showing pride in the shirt because you could see that even at, at the very start of the international tours, it, it even when they won matches like the bounce back to, to Ellis Park, they played some phenomenal rugby, but you could tell that there was it was it was to defend the shirt. Uh, uh, above the the, the, the the tactics and the tactics were great, they were right, mm-hmm. uh, but there was also pride in the shirt. Yeah, there was, there was a grind out that we saw there, and I don't think all these wins were particularly glamorous. Some of them, um, some of those calls that were made, a lot of them questions towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. but I think when you're taking a look at the way that the All Blacks came together as a team, as a nation to some extent, I think we can really see that there was pride at stake and they defended and I think when you're taking a look at the All Blacks they, they, I think people were waiting for a moment of you know there's a next champion there's another team that's now going to be dominant unfortunately it's still the All Blacks a champion didn't arise because they maintained their crown and throw now the Wallabies enjoyed a bit of a resurgence in 2022 with plenty of fight character and potential throughout a tough international campaign uh, which was defined by an inability to close out tight test matches but we saw a Wallabies side that was on the resurgence so it was surprising uh, that they then uh, sacked the coach and then brought in Eddie Jones. Yeah, they brought in Eddie Jones I think it's with the hope that he'll be able to do exactly what you talked about Mm. uh, bring about perhaps the right sort of mentality and the fortitude and the application that's needed to close out tight test matches Mm. we saw them lose uh, versus the Irish we saw them lose uh, against France, they lost against the Springboks, lost against uh, the Old Blacks as well, but barring one game, I think against the Old Blacks uh, in the Bloody Slow Cup, they were never really blown away by those yeah. teams. They were just edged out. So they are on the edge, and the guys who make the decisions at uh, Rugby Australia obviously felt that you know what, maybe Dave Rennie has taken this team as far as, as he can, PM, yeah. and Eddie Jones will be able to take us over the edge. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully that edge is not a cliff. <laughs> so we'll see how Eddie Jones does uh, being appointed in this World Cup year. Uh, in other the news Ireland looks strong England and the Springboks were patchy and France finished the year unbeaten and as World Cup hosts that's what they would want the momentum going into a World Cup but it's never a good omen when you when you finish a year uh, unbeaten for France they're hosting a World Cup and uh, we'll see how well they do but I want to talk to you Chris about uh, the jewel of the 2022 season which was uh, which belongs to the Black Ferns who won a remarkable World Women's yeah. Rugby World Cup uh, which was hosted on home soil going into the World Cup it was all about England and the Black Ferns almost didn't have the, 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 the pressure as it were and they showed the world that they can play a bit. And I think when you're also just taking a look at expectations in New Zealand um, there wasn't major expectation that there would be um, that the Black Ferns would be able to actually win out this tournament. Even when it was taking a look at the way they, that they selected the venues, would they be able to fill out these stadiums? What was the Women's World Cup going to be looking like? And I think the way this tournament was put on 
done and the way that it was marketed I mm. think was incredible because it showed first of all just how much interest has grown in terms of the women's side of rugby but also just the level of competition that exists between between these teams so packed out stadiums I think was an incredible feat and also just seeing the Black Ferns manage to get that win on home soil mm. incredible marker for women's rugby uh, brilliant brilliant uh, in the world of rugby and of course the Black Ferns uh, being the jewel in the crown that was 2022 rugby let's move on to cricket guys now England won the T20 World Cup in Australia to firmly establish themselves as the best white ball team of the era and set out to revolutionise test cricket uh, with an equally bold approach to the longest format of the game Uh, in other news Australia however continue to be the dominant force in test cricket as they lead the standings on the ICC World Test Championship uh, for the 2021-2023 cycle let's go back to England Mike white ball cricket they're dominant and then we saw the almost a transformation of playing swashbuckling test cricket as well very revolutionary but as expected whenever you change something the results can be patchy they're not exactly changing it mm. uh, I think it's perhaps a younger generation that never really got to watch uh, the West Indies at right. their zenith at their peak when right. Brian Lara uh, was uh, flaying bowling attacks all over the park when the likes of course of Sir Viv Richards mm. uh, was uh, playing uh, for the West Indies in the 70s uh, and of course the legendary Australian side that had the likes of Michael Slater Matty Hayden mm. Adam Gilchrist Steve Waugh Mark Waugh uh, Justin Langer those are the guys that really upped the ante began to mm. score uh, at fours and fives in test cricket yeah. something which was unheard of so uh, I think England has revolutionised the game in so far as their own personal approach as how England is concerned, plays, how yeah. England knows the game understands the game so this 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 baseball that they're yes. talking about mm. is new to England. It's a new approach that's been brought in to England, but not necessarily so to cricket, uh, to cricket because it's been there in existence. The great sides play that way. Mm. Even India in recent seasons, yep. we've seen India as well when they've been on top of the game play in that manner. Yeah, certainly. But Australia still maintaining their dominance uh, at the top of Test cricket. Uh, no, no thanks in small part to the efforts of Manus Labuschagne. <laughs> oh my goodness, he had a fantastic 2022. Mike is going to blow a gasket. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've given up. I'm just, I'm just going to go yeah. with this. We, he we, says we, we, must, we must have some Australian listeners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, he, he had a fantastic season. And when you're taking a look at all of the big hitters from Australia, I think taking a look at um, 2021 to 2023, I think they still had a fantastic time. And that's, of course, why they continue to lead those standings um, in the World Test Championship. Mm, yeah, certainly. On to tennis, guys. Now the men's Big four, maybe history, but two of its remaining members, it's Novak Djokovic and Ole, and Rafael Nadal, Rafa, uh, kept offering stiff resistance to the next generation in a seismic year uh, for tennis. Of course, the Swiss maestro Roger Federer retiring in September, and a few weeks earlier, Serena Williams making an emotional farewell at the US Open, aged 40. Uh, we'll talk about the young guns just now, but let's just talk about the generation that was what a privilege to have watched these <laughs> and let's say three mm. i know they say four but let's say these three play at the same time yeah i mean uh, phenomenal uh, the best tennis players that we've ever seen uh, when uh, pete pa- sampras was on top of the game and he won those 14 grand slams we never thought that record would be broken uh, we thought that uh, he's going to be on top of the power for a very long time yeah. and then came roger federer uh, and he's just started blowing everyone out of the water we thought he'll never be challenged and then 
became Rafa Nadal. Yeah. And he started breaking records and he started winning things. And uh, Roger Federer all of a sudden started looking uh, behind his shoulder and over his shoulder. And then came Nole. Came Nole. <laughs> uh, and so we have been absolutely blessed, Barry, over the last uh, 15, 20 years to witness three of the best male tennis players ever mm. played the game. And then we've had Serena Williams, Serena, of course. Of course. Uh, I think because of recency uh, and uh, recency bias, mm. we'll, of course, uh, call her the GOAT. Uh, we'll also, of course, gravitate towards her because she's a woman of colour. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she's done all these phenomenal things in the world of tennis uh, as a woman of colour. But uh, to be honest, calling her the GOAT, I think that's just us being emotional. It's gratuitous. Uh, yeah. I think she is way behind Margaret Court. Yeah. Uh, the achievements of Margaret Court absolutely uh, put Serena Williams in her place. And there's an argument that uh, Martina Navratilova uh, mm-hmm. should actually be ranked even higher than Serena than Williams Serena, yeah, uh, yeah. because of their all-round achievements. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of the current generation, yeah. there's no doubt that Serena Williams is the best that we've seen. Let's stay with Serena. And uh, I think also what, what aids uh, the Serena argument, Chris, is probably the transcendental appeal of uh, Serena. She transcended the, the, the tennis court uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think uh, beyond that, n- people who aren't hardcore tennis fans like Shuanta Virenika loved Serena. And I, listen, there's, there's a gentleman in the studio uh, uh, who's behind one of the mics. Uh, <laughs> his, uh, ironically, his name is Mike. My admirer. He's <laughs> a huge admirer. But it's, it's but a declared love interest even at home. But that transcendental appeal, I think, is what probably builds her brand so big that the GOAT argument she can be included in. Although when you look at hardcore tennis stats, like we did during the COVID Chronicles, uh, when we were doing <laughs> COVID shows, Margaret Court puts her well into the shape. Yeah, I think with Serena Williams, um, you're taking a look at... It's like building a brand, right? Mm. There's certain facets that you need to have there. And one of those things is likability. When you're taking a look at Serena Williams, she represents a number of things for a number of people. So smashing glass ceilings and also just... This little girl from Compton, which is the story that's been told, and that's her story. And the way that story has been built so well, I think relates to a number of women, of people of color, and just having that amount of appeal. I think Serena Williams transcends the sport and even just becomes one of the greatest athletes of all time when you're taking a look at the makeup of an athlete. So... Um, sad to see her go um, I think for a lot of people Especially my age This is someone we looked at When we were playing tennis in school And you know You wanted to be the next Serena Williams So Yeah It's, a, it's the change of a yeah. guard Changing of a generation Yeah Serena certainly uh, Reaches the levels of idealism When you look at the Makeup of an athlete. All right, let's talk about the youngsters. Now, Carlos Alcaraz and Iga Sviontek, uh, they, however, look to take over the mantle as they were the major Grand Slam winners of from this, uh, from the next generation, we can call it. Um, if we look at Carlos Alcaraz, we can say that, yeah, he's, he's uh, on the way, but it looks like uh, Iga Sviontek on the, on the uh, women's side seems to have already sort of 
uh, staked a claim and if she continues on this trajectory that uh, could be one we're talking about for for long into the into the day yeah yeah consistency mm. uh, she's been very consistent and she's dominated women's tennis yeah uh, she's obviously uh, not someone that has that brand appeal that Serena Williams has that had the likes of Monica Seles the likes of Martina Hingis had in previous generations but in terms of her achievements on court as a tennis player uh, over the last 18 months she's been absolutely phenomenal but Carlos Alcala let's not forget he's missing for the Australian Open this year because yeah. of injury but he is the world number one, one and one, he's yeah, got I mean. there on merit yep. uh, he's been absolutely phenomenal whether there's a changing of the guard I think it's too early, it's too uh, early to yeah, say yeah, that yeah. because the changing of the guard for me would be a season in which uh, Djokovic and Nadal, Nadal don't, don't win, win anything, anything yeah. and then you've got uh, two or three uh, brand new um, uh, Grand Slam winners yeah. uh, that will be the changing of the and guard and that's not happening I don't think it's going to happen this season mm. I think Djokovic has still got uh, one dominant season left in him yeah. I think Nadal has got a, still got a French Open or a, a US Open in, a left in him yep. you know people forget that uh, Nadal <laughs> has actually won more US Opens than uh, Djokovic right. uh, he traditionally does well in, in at Flushing Meadows so he's still got those two so I, I've still got the feeling that up until sort of like your 2025 uh, I think that's yeah, when we can, yeah, in Bomirai. Yeah, uh, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. think we're going to see the changing of the guard because there is still that. You know what? Who's going to win the most Grand Slams? Yeah, that's it. That race between that's those it. two. Rogers pulled out. Yeah. It's now left to those two. Nole is just one behind. He's got a phenomenal opportunity to draw level with uh, Rafa mm. uh, at the end of this Australian Open if he wins it. Yeah. And then it's on to Roland Garros. So uh, if Nadal wins that one, because you'll always be favourite on yeah. clay, then there'll be two Grand Slams at the end of the year. Wimbledon, which Nole again plays very well. Yep. But now remember, Daniel Medvedev is going to come into the mix as yeah, well. He comes and into uh, the mix, he yeah. was the world number one before this COVID and politics sort of like uh, affected his game. Yeah, so <laughs> there's a lot to look forward to in uh, the tennis uh, cycle and season coming up. Uh, in American sport, let's look at it as a whole. Um, I think there was a there was a Western movie called The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. So I think that's what we'll look at when we look at American sport. Now, Los Angeles Rams, they got their Hollywood ending and the Golden State Warriors proved the doubters wrong in the big two US sports leagues. That's the NFL and the NBA, respectively. The ugly and the bad is that the dominance of the basketball giants, the LA Lakers, continues to fade as they miss the playoffs and also look set to miss the playoffs again this year, barring a dramatic turnaround. And uh, uh, just looking at the LA Rams, um, uh, Super Bowl winners, and then Golden State Warriors, uh, despite... Mike telling us over and over again at the beginning of the NBA season that we'll look out for the Warriors. We didn't believe. And there they were right at the end. Another ring for Steph. Yeah, another ring for Steph. And I think this this team managed to keep it and pull it together. And they were playing as a team, which is what made the difference, I think, when you're taking um, a look at these franchises like the Lakers. The Lakers were dependent on a couple of players. And when the wheels fell off, they fell off spectacularly. Yes, spectacularly. All right, let's go to golf. Can I just Wisconsin. declare? Of course. Brooklyn Nets for the title this time. Wow. Hit <laughs> it. I'm that'll, that'll I'm be going early. That I'm going will early. be something. I'm going in early. Because they did their business last season. They, they hope that, okay, that, 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 we've got a roster a major that's gonna, injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I Keep think, them healthy. Yeah. 
They, they rock and roll. You heard it here first. Let's wrap it up with golf, guys. Now, once dismissed by many as a joke, the launch of the Live Golf divided the sport in 2022 as the Saudi-backed circuit lured top players from the PGA Tour with huge paydays uh, while the two sides entered an ongoing legal battle. And though Tiger Woods uh, returned to competition after a near-fatal car crash in February 2021, grabbed plenty of attention, Live Golf proved the defining story of the year as it upended the professional golf landscape and still continues to... Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, a refreshing development. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dominance of the PGA Tour was uh, brought to an end and uh, they've got to start uh, looking for ways to find themselves uh, just to make golf whole again. Yeah. Uh, this notion that they can banish these players who are on the live tour uh, means that you are losing half of the stars uh, that used to make up the old golf world. Yeah. That means that we'll have tournaments without DJ. Mm. We'll have tournaments without Brooks Kepka. Uh, we'll have uh, tournaments uh, without some of the best players that we've seen on the tour. So that doesn't all go well uh, for uh, golf. Uh, let it just be a, a scenario like, for example, La Liga, yes. English Premier League, Serie A, where players play in different leagues, yes. but come the Champions, Champions League, League they everybody play plays. in one tournament. Come the World Cup, they will still feature for their respective nations in one tournament. And it's still respected. So hopefully they will find each other, but... Uh, I think the desire to leave Saudi out uh, is driving all of this. The great thing is that the majors in golf are not run by the PGA. They're run uh, separately. uh, So those live golfers uh, can still participate in the majors. The rankings is still an issue of interest. Around the world in 60 is next. And then we'll take our play of the day before we go for the beautiful game. Alice Wingira is in the house. Hi, my name's Ryan Kenz, Sunshine Tour professional golfer, and you're listening to ZFM Sport. Around the world in 60 seconds, international sports news. We serve off in Australia where Novak Djokovic battled through injury to reach the Australian Open third round on another day when more of his expected title rivals were knocked out, such as second seed Kasper Ruud, who was dumped out by Jensen Brooksby. We'll head over to South Africa, Springbok and Bulls winger Swungkosi has shared a positive update over his mental well-being, saying he will be back soon and as he had been reported as missing by the Bulls in December after he disappeared from the radar for three weeks. Mental health becomes an increasing issue um, for athletes and I think in no small part social media has something to do with this. Yeah, social media and the pressure. Yeah. The pressure of just performing and you're not just performing in packed out stadiums, you're performing for that audience that you're talking about on social media who can either be, you know, uh, fawning at your feet or highly critical. In news from Spain, John Rahm hopes his victory in the Century Tournament of Championships can spark a stellar 2023 season, including more major titles. And in the United States, where we touched down, Serbian Nikola Djokic became the Denver Nuggets record assist maker in a 122-118 to win against the Minnesota Timberwolves early this season. Djokovic, Djokic, uh, Djokovic, <laughs> Djokic made his 3,680th career assist to go past Alex English record for the franchise. Lock, lock, it Fan zone. Get in touch with the team and have your say your way. Operator. Well, thanks, Mutzimba. Got in early, and guess who's back, Chris? 
Sculptor Colin. He says, hi, dearest mates. My heart goes out for you. I feel special when I'm listening to your esteemed show. Uh, not just a show, but a proper shindig of sports excellence behind the golden microphone. I'm proud of you guys. Oh, that's nice. That that one warms oh, the cockles of our hearts. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're, we need golden mics, actually. My golden mic. These black numbers that we've got in here. Yeah. Uh, uh, interesting. Thank you so much for getting in touch. Kezios Motepa Guruve Apabdido is tuned in. Good evening to you. Uh, a message has come to you here. You want to talk, of course, Serena Williams as well as tennis. This is Collins out in Motora Shanga. And with the nature of racism in the ten- in tennis, uh, it'll it's difficult for the white media to accept that Serena Williams equals or exceeds Margaret Court. Now, we are black, and we can definitively <laughs> say she does not equal. No, she doesn't. And she, doesn't. she certainly does not exceed Margaret Court. No, no, no. Uh, we, I think we just need to be clear Margaret about Court that. Margaret Court was dominant. And, and let's not look at slams alone. Let's look yes. at tournament Tournaments. one. Uh, 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 Margaret Court is far and away ahead every, of... Every uh, matrix you use yeah. uh, to, to judge the players, as far as tennis as a sport is concerned, uh, Margaret Court is way ahead. She was a thoroughly dominant player uh, in her time. Uh, moving on with our messages here. Uh, Sangsi wishing Mark Pozzo a happy 50th birthday. And of course, happy birthday, Paz. Happy, happy birthday, Paz. Valentine wishing Paz the same as well. And he says, throwback, Arsenal not in the Champions League. Well, I think that's one of the things that's actually working for Arsenal. Alois, the fact that they're not in the Champions League, they don't have the pressure of having to play the likes of Bayern Munich, the likes of Inter. They are just concentrating, basically, I think, on winning the league title. Yeah, I think it's to their advantage at the moment. That's what they need. You know, Arsenal, they are actually uh, coming back from a very uh, long drought. You know, uh, I can say uh, coming back from a, a period where they were not doing well as a club, you know, according to the pedigree uh, of, of the team. But now they are coming back. They didn't need the distraction of the of the Champions League because the Champions League, there's too many matches yeah. uh, played in the Champions League yes. and they are played during the week and you have to play in the, in the, in the EPL over, over the weekend. Injuries, yeah. travel, So I think it's actually fatigue. good for them. Let them find their feet yeah. back to the top where they belong. Absolutely. Now, this is the sort of nut stroking that I enjoy. This guy uh, says oh. that, you know what, this show flows very <laughs> smoothly, even better than the guys at Sky Sports. How about that for you? Oh, I'll take that. Yes. I'll yeah. take that. We'll take some of that action. <laughs> but, but, the, but the phrase, the phrase used in the beginning. What phrase, Alois? The one that yeah, you use. Hi, guys. Serena has angled Kumbore of Momona Chitamba Tennis. That's Captain John Kamara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. 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 Chris, Chris Atora got the makeup of an athlete. She more, typically the makeup of an athlete. You know the one thing about uh, if you're dating, if you're dating a beautiful woman, you need to just reconcile yourself to the fact that you know what, it's not your own housework. Housework, yes. I know Yeah, yeah. You have to 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 the beautiful game is coming up uh, next we've got some basketball predictions here and uh, you don't tell us your name oh no it's Prince he says I think the Boston Celtics will win the NBA championship and the Eagles for the Super Bowl
the Celtics have been good for Division I'll, I'll One. Give Celtics, <laughs> I'll give Celtics credit. I think they've been good. But where I have a problem is if they have to come up against a team like, let's say, the Brooklyn Nets, which is yeah. what the reason why they lost to Golden State Warriors. Uh-huh. They were a better team, yeah. but I think Golden State Warriors had match winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their big performance, exactly. like exactly. Steph Curry, yeah, yeah, yeah. would been there, yeah. done that. Yeah. And that's the same thing again with Brooklyn Nets, because if you've got your Kevin Durant on mm-hmm. fire, mm-hmm. there is no way that they beat the Nets. No. Never. No, 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 no. no. Ah, yeah. that's not I'm... It's a decent call. I don't know about the Eagles. I think that's 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 heart more than head. Uh, I don't know where you're leaving Buffalo, because I think they've got, they've got an incentive. The Buffalo but, Bills? Yeah. Yes, man. And they look like everything is aligned uh, for them to, to, to go all the way. So, Eagles, I'm not too sure. But Eagles for Northern Region, Division 1. Ah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> your, your hit mu- music station. My station. Your station. It's everybody's station. ZFM Stereo. The big leagues. The big teams. The big players. The beautiful game on ZFM Sport. The beating drum. The roaring fans. Take a ride on the wild side with the Africa Report on ZFM Sport. Kick off at the Chan Championships in Algeria where there was nothing to separate the DRC and Côte d'Ivoire last night after both sides played out a highly tactical goalless stalemate to share the spoils in their second Group B match. In the other Group B encounter, Uganda defender Kenneth Semakula uh, says the hard work of his teammates resulted in their historic 1-0 win over Senegal. I'll always having watched that game between Uganda and Senegal. That has got to be the most unjust result uh, I've ever watched because Uganda was battered left, right and centre but just like what he says I mean uh, Samakula that they worked hard they, they, they didn't give up even when yeah. they were under pressure they conceded a penalty the goalkeeper made a stunning save uh, for that uh, penalty and uh, then they stole over the other end and nicked a goal and they were able to defend resolutely yeah, they will, they will tell you that uh, it was our game plan. <laughs> <laughs> it was a game plan. <laughs> we knew to be clearing players off the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we were challenging our defense. We achieved our goal. Even the penalty, we knew it was what we were going to say. We were going to say. You know, yeah, but I, I, but, uh, but like. Yeah, but like you said, I think I think uh, that was uh, that was unjust. Oh. You know, as far as uh, football footballing goals are concerned, this was not this was not uh, this was not. Uh, fair. Yeah, it was it was you not know, it, it was not it, a fair. It wasn't result. fair at all. But uh, but uh, they will take home. They will tell you that the result is what we're taking it is, home. It's, it's what matters. Yeah, they, they, they will tell it, you we won. It's we made won. be very interesting <laughs> because if you take a look at the standings now uh, after two matches, none of the sides have been eliminated. But obviously, the Ivory Coast who are in fourth place will have a lot of work to do Chris as far as trying to qualify because they can only reach four points which is the tally that Uganda already has after <laughs> two matches and I think going into the tournament a lot of people were predicting that Uganda would finish last in this one. Yeah, yeah. They literally, I think if you um, 
swap out Ivory Coast and Uganda, then Group B looks about what yes. people would have think it would have looked like. But Uganda, surprisingly, they're getting their results. And the thing about tournament football is it's about every single game and grinding out every single game, which Uganda is doing. So Group B looking very interesting. And Ivory Coast, um, barring some very interesting happenings oh. with Senegal and the DR Congo, probably just going home now. Oh, well, there's action tonight at 9 o'clock kickoff and it's Ghana versus Sudan. All the rivalry. There goes Holland. He's on his way again. He's hungry. He scored. He always does. He always will. Nothing more certain. And all the game-changing moments. Marcus Rashford. He can't miss at the moment, Marcus Rashford. All the updates from the Premier League on ZFM Sport. Over in the Premier League in England, Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag has reminded Arsenal that his side were able to beat them without Casemiro after the talismanic midfielder was suspended for Sunday's crunch trip to the Emirates. Casemiro picked up a yellow card with 10 minutes to go of United's 1-0 draw away at Crystal Palace for a foul on Wilfred Zaha, his fifth booking of the campaign, which results in a one-match automatic suspension. Let's hear from United's manager Eric Ten hug and the first was that yeah, this game was important eh? um, every game is important and every game in the Premier League is um, is a top game um, so um, the second is um, uh, Casemiro is obviously a really important player for us and he's one of the reasons that we are in a position where we are now and eh? that's Casemiro but also last time we beat Everton of Everton uh, Arsenal without Casemiro and so we have a squad and so we have to fill that gap and uh, make a proper plan and the squad have to um, have to fill it Bruno Fernandes opening the scoring for Manchester United uh, to give them uh, the lead going into half time but uh, Michael Olise struck a sensational free kick uh, to snatch a draw for Palace, uh, for Palace in stoppage time and of course United now here to the Emirates in third eight points behind Arsenal but let's talk Barry about Casemiro he's been a very important player for Manchester United the turnaround they've achieved the run of four BS we talk about Rashford who scoring goals mm-hmm. up front but one of the reasons why the Man United has not been conceding a lot of goals is that Casemiro has provided that cover yeah. for the centre-backs I mean they've even had the luxury of playing Luke Shaw yeah. as a centre-back uh, but not really <laughs> been tested because Casemiro is such a good reader of the game such a good organiser and he sits there and generally mops up uh, any trouble when it comes his way yeah in that uh, I think it's a seven game stretch they had like uh, five clean sheets as a result of that very fact and uh, Alois pointed it out I think two days ago when he talked about the fact that uh, Man United is looking good yes going forward but uh, they're two unsung heroes one Bissaka and of course uh, Casemiro missing him against Arsenal is going to be huge and it'll be interesting to see what Ten Hag does uh, because when we look at the stats uh, they they concede uh, more shots uh, without him they uh, uh, get scored more without him than with him uh, 2.3 goals per game average goals uh, conceded per game uh, relative to 0.7 when he's in the team uh, they score less 
<laughs> when he's out of the team than when he's in it. Uh, and their win percentage, obviously, uh, without him is a lot less than with him. The 69% win percentage, albeit that he's played a lot more games than uh, in the team than outside of the team. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes with a an Arsenal team that's on fire. A lot of people were looking forward, Chris, uh, to that battle in midfield between Casemiro mm. and Thomas Pate yeah. uh, of Arsenal. And it uh, looks like we've been denied that. Uh, unfortunately. And I think it's also just when you're taking a look at the work rate of both of these players and what they've been able to contribute um, to Arsenal and Manchester United, I think has been incredible. And when you're taking a look at pivotal players in a club, I think for both Manchester United and Arsenal, um, Thomas Partey and uh, Casemiro have been absolutely pivotal in their performances. And I think it's it's a bit of a shame that we won't get to see it, but I think Thomas Partey is still going to give us a very good show on Sunday. I can see that Casemiro didn't come for a payday. After all, he's putting in work. That's a message that's come through on our <laughs> WhatsApp platform. So he has earned the yeah. respect of United supporter Alois What's the combination that you go with in midfield? Who do you pick as a replacement? Do you go with McTominay? Do you go with Fred? Because it looks like his midfield combination that uh, Ten Hag has gone with over the last two, three months that's been working for United has been Casemiro at the base, the the likes of Eriksen as well as Bruno as well, uh, playing, of course, the creative roles. Who do you replace Casemiro with? Yeah, it becomes a headache. Uh, It becomes a headache, Mike, because you remember uh, before Casemiro came in I always say for Manchester United to click they need a defensive midfielder who can play alone on his own and do all the dead work by himself and we got Casemiro and he was doing exactly what I thought he was we we needed allowing United to have more numbers numbers up front to Mm. actually go and play that's what Pogba was deprived of at Manchester United. He was now uh, uh, expected to come back, to go forward and say times played in that position where he, he can't play. You know, I wish he was there when Casemiro was here yeah. so that he could actually go forward. But now we've got a headache. Now we cannot, uh, we, are, we are back to where we were. The, no one can play by himself. <laughs> Fred can play by himself so in the position. So does he go with uh, McTominay and Fred? That's the best way to do it because Arsenal, they're on fire. You know, they, they are doing well. I think that's what he can do. But who is he going to sacrifice mm. up front? That is actually the question. I think you will definitely have to go with the double. With the double with D. The because double both of them, no one no one of the two can play by, by themselves. All right. Tatenda G has got in touch just to say that uh, when Man United beat Arsenal earlier in the season, it was because United were an unknown quantity then. Ten Hag was still settling in and they lost some games heavily. Arsenal didn't know what to expect. On the other hand, United knew what to expect from Arsenal because they were already flying and had a known playing style. In essence, United prepared better because they knew the opponent while Arsenal didn't. They discovered a new style on the field of play. He says those are his thoughts. Anyway, we'll be building up to that game on tomorrow's show. Two big games in England. Liverpool taking on Chelsea and of course that big game uh, which is United uh, travelling to London to take on Arsenal. Another big game on tonight and it's of course uh, City taking on Tottenham. Hotspur, Barry, City can ill afford to lose this one. They can ill afford to lose it and I don't expect them to. I think that they're going to bounce back. I think the the um, uh, loss that they just uh, uh, suffered was just the kick up the backside that they needed. Uh, the loss in that uh, uh, Manchester derby. Uh, I think that uh, Pep Guardiola is going to prepare uh, neurotically, as mm. we know him to do, uh, for this game and the, this, the succeeding games. This is actually bad news 
for Arsenal more so than anyone else in the rest of the league because I think that we're going to see Man City strike to put ahead of steam but those can be famous last words <laughs> alright give me give me a smaller Your. ok I would say that tonight it's going to be to love uh, to Man City the Nerazzurri the Black and Blues Inter Milan Barella and of all the people of all the people Arturo Vidal the Giallo Rossi the Yellow and Reds AS Roma Dybala slides 100 goals in Serie A for Paolo Dybala the Rossoneri the Red and Black AC Milan Rafael Yao player of the month the Bianconeri, the black and whites, Juventus. And this is happening for Danilo. Another late show from Juventus. Tough yet colourful. The best of Italian football on Z. Right, let's wrap up the rest of the show with uh, some updates uh, coming out of the different cup competitions happening on the continent, starting in Italy, where Internationale head coach Simone Inzaghi feels that right now the team's priority is just to enjoy the well-earned celebrations after winning the Supercoppa Italiana last night. Uh, speaking at a press conference after the Nerazzurri's 3-0 win over City rivals in Milan, the coach noted that the team will enjoy the win and then shift their focus to the challenges to come over the rest of a busy season uh, just like Barcelona Chris I think this one uh, the confidence boost that, that mm-hmm. uh, Inter need heading into the second half of the season it's absolutely I think it's come at just the right time for Inter um, when you're taking a look at the stretch of an entire season and just how competitive Serie A has been this season I think this is a boost that they definitely needed and of course Inter getting their hands on some silverware uh, at the first time of asking this season at the expense of champions AC Milan there's Coppa Italia fixtures uh, for tonight Atalanta versus Spezia I think that game has actually been played uh, Atalanta versus Spezia it was played uh, this afternoon and Atalanta won 5-2 uh, Lazio takes on Bologna whilst the old lady Juventus will be hosting Monza out in Turin over to Spain as we wrap it up Alvaro Morata struck early in the second half and a goal on the counter in added time by Marco Lorente gave Atletico a 2-0 win at second division side Levante in the Copa del Rey last 16 class last night. Alois, uh, they look Atletico like they're out of the running, definitely out of the running uh, for any major silverware. Knocked out of the Champions League. They're not going to win La Liga. Uh, Copa del Rey, they are not for out Ah, but they are also not looking good in there as well. Uh, <laughs> they're through to the next round. You don't have to look yeah, good. Yeah, 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 but to the next round, then mm. it becomes tougher in, yeah. in, in, the ne- in the next round. You know, I, I still think that uh, Atletico, they are there. They, they, they need a, 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 a little bit of rejuvenation. They need some energy. Is it not in the dugout? It starts from there. Ah, I think it starts from there. He needs, to, he needs to make a move. He mm, needs to move. Yeah. He needs to move on. And the club needs also to actually accept that, you know what, it's time. You know, they need to rejuvenate. Even the fans, they also, you know, there's some, even if it's good, you just need some rejuvenation. Mm, yeah. Some new excitement. Fire, you know, yeah, yeah, some new fire. All right. Uh, two matches 
on tonight. And of course, uh, they feature the two teams that were featuring uh, in the Spanish Super Cup this past weekend in Saudi Arabia. Both Barcelona and Real Madrid are in action tonight. AD Chuta, Barcelona are away and Villarreal will entertain Real Madrid. Yeah, these uh, Football Association Cups, they serve up some interesting names, I'll tell you what. Anyway, we're back tomorrow for our preview show of what should be a bumper weekend. Don't miss it. May God richly bless you. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Menande, out. Lionel Messi has conquered his final peak. Lionel Messi has shaken hands with paradise. The biggest sports stories. Max Verstappen has taken the checkered flag to win the Japanese Grand Prix. The biggest interviews. These are happy tears, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And I wouldn't be Serena if it wasn't Venus. So thank you, Venus. And all the analysis right here. There's no question that LeBron James at the worst is a top three player in the history of basketball since the game was invented. I don't want to hear that. It's just blasphemous. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's CFM Sport on CFM Stereo. My station, your station. Hi, this is Mike Madod, and you can catch me and the team for all the latest breaking news out of the world of sport, local as well as international, on your favorite station, my station, your station, ZFM. We are Z Team on ZFM Sport. Z.